Now, now we turn to this morning's scripture reading. We're going to today hear from our guest preacher, Reverend John Heiss. John Heiss is our district superintendent here in the East Winds District of the United Methodist Church. We are honored and we are so pleased to welcome him and to hear from him this morning. And before we hear from District Superintendent Heiss, we're going to hear from someone else who's got a familiar face and a familiar voice. This morning's scripture reading will be shared with us by the Reverend Dr. Steve Buck. Now, Dr. Buck is retired right now, but from 1993 until 2008, he was a pastor here at the Court Street United Methodist Church. We're glad to welcome him back. Listen for God's voice as Steve Buck shares with us this morning's scripture reading. Our scripture reading today is from Luke's Gospel in the 7th chapter, beginning in the 18th verse. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus had just cured many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits, and given sight to many who were blind, and he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, Court Street United Methodist Church and everybody who's worshiping with us today. My name is John Heiss and I'm District Superintendent of the East Winds District of the United Methodist Church. And I'm so grateful that Pastor Jeremy Peters invited me to bring the message this morning and to worship with you today. This is an anniversary of sorts. 40 years ago today, January 10th, 1982, in the little city of Hartford, Michigan, about 15 miles off the shoreline of Lake Michigan in the southwest corner of the state. I opened the drapes at the front window of the house and I saw a driveway full of snow. It was coming down so hard I couldn't see across the street. This posed a problem. It was Saturday morning, and I hadn't pulled my sermon together. I'd waited until the quiet of the weekend when I could run down to the church office and peck out my notes on the church's IBM Selectric 2. Now, I looked outside, I saw the snow, I considered the clock. I didn't want to take the time to dig my way out of the garage. So I bundled myself in a ski jacket, stocking cap, and hiking boots, and I made my way across the high school football field and back streets, a half a mile to the church. On my way, I felt the wind. I was buffeted by the wind, felt its bite, and at times strained to regain my breath after the storm had taken it away. By the time I reached the church and was safely inside, I knew this was no ordinary storm. It was the kind that could cause accidents, bury cars, and even take life. I looked outside and the storm was intensifying. 
while I worked on my sermon, maybe completed most of it, when the concern overwhelmed my thoughts. What would people do if they were out there on the road and got caught in this? No lodging in the area, no direction, no apparent haven from the storm. So I called our lay leader, Wendell, a church saint whose wisdom and counsel I cherished. We discussed it only a short time, and then it was decided. Cancel worship services. Call the county sheriff's department, the city and state police, and the service stations along the interstate. Make the church available. Become a sanctuary in the storm. Wendell told me that he'd get to the church as soon as he could. It'd just be in a short time. Well, it wasn't long before our first guests began to arrive. Grateful, confused, most of them traumatized by an adventure that fell on them without warning. Swamped and stuck in the snow tempest, whirling around them in a total whiteout. Some had abandoned their cars in some ditch and were lucky to have been found and led to this haven. One actually ran into the rear end of a snowplow at five miles an hour. I-94 was closed quickly, but hundreds were stranded on the road. Well, Wendell was not the only member of the church who would find their way to what had become a vital center of ministry. Church members began arriving, bringing big pots of chili to heat on the stove, blankets and board games and uh, radios. As news got around the congregation, others were riding their snowmobiles and pickups down to the interstate, freeing cars from ditches and people from drifts. Saturday night, we housed over 30 stranded motorists. More came the next morning and throughout the day as the storm even got worse and worse. Sunday morning, we reorganized worship and held it anyways for those who were there and the guests continued to come. Every sort of person from places you wouldn't imagine. Members joined the growing number of refugees listening to harrowing stories, bringing witness to the faith, some by words of encouragement and in the face of others' trauma, by direct confession of faith, most of them simply by being present and giving love. By Sunday nightfall, the church building was full. Some members took strangers into their homes, we housed over 200 that night. And through it all, the church became a source of healing. And though I don't think they were conscious of it at, all, at the time, they had become the presence of Christ, God made manifest in the flesh. Well, it's been 40 years, and there has never been any doubt in my mind that Jesus was there. God showed up. Epiphany. We've just moved to a new season of the church year. Since December 25th, it's been all about Christmas. The birth of Jesus, our crouching with Mary and Joseph at the cradle, singing with the angels and being amazed with the shepherds. From now until Ash Wednesday, 
Christians are observing a new season of knowing Jesus and recognizing how God showed up in him throughout his lifetime. In Jesus, God is made manifest. God's life and light fills his life so that every human thing he says and every human thing he does, because something God is saying and doing through him at the same time. Sometimes when we have a great idea or re realization that just pops in on us, we call it an epiphany. It's like God suddenly opens our eyes. This time of year, we remind ourselves that Jesus is the epiphany. It's in his life and ministry that God shows up for all time. Jesus' stories in the Bible open us to see how that played out. They help us to get our arms around him. And when we do, we get to put our arms around God, which is what we need, isn't it? When the world is racked by disease, injustice, and uncertainty like we've experienced, there's got to be a rock that we can hang on to, doesn't there? It's like the whole world is holding its breath, wanting to hope for vaccine delivery and a way out of the pandemic, wanting to hope for amending of the nation after a political rift worse than any of us have seen before, wanting to hope for a more functional relationship between nations and more equity between people, wanting to hope. But there doesn't seem to be hope solid enough anywhere except in God. And God is invisible until now. God with us. In a manger to be sure, but then there's so much more. A kid testing his questions among the teachers and priests in the temple while he gives his parents fits until they find him. A young man who steps before John the Baptist to be baptized in the Jordan and then faces every temptation we all face in life only to overcome by the strength of faith. A young Jesus who emerges from a backwoods village in the hill country of the Galilean frontier to be teacher, prophet, and healer. At every turn, he's so human, but we come to see him at every one of his turns as someone who is so completely human at the same time is also so completely God. Everything he does is entirely human, and yet is God acting again and again. His teaching, so perceptive, is genuinely human, and yet it is God's word. This story in Luke gives us a picture of the moment it dawned on John the Baptist that Jesus might be different than anyone else. It's likely that John had expected that if Jesus were the Messiah, he would have been much more of a firebrand prophet of judgment 
Recall the scripture. If one, uh, one who is more powerful than I, he will baptize you with the holy scripture and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. That's in Luke 3. But here's Jesus, one who is not so much the firebrand of the prophet or the mighty warrior of the king who will throw off a Roman oppressive yoke, but he is one who is bringing grace and healing. John just might have to adjust his expectations and accept God on God's terms rather than his own, even as informed as he was by the law and the prophets. The report about Jesus' power to heal pushes his boundaries. He sends two disciples to go and find out. And when they come and they ask the question, Jesus shows them the evidence and interprets what is happening. A fulfillment of all the prophet Isaiah had pictured. Something new had broken forth. Jesus tells John's disciples to go tell him what they had seen and heard. This is it. Jesus had come on the scene proclaiming the message that the realm of God was here, so close to you that you can touch it. Wake up. Turn around from avoiding God and run in God's direction. That was his essential message. And then he went to the poor, the hurting and fearful, people who had been told for generations that God would have nothing to do with them because of their brokenness and poverty. And he told them that which the teachers and powerful have said is not true. God loves you so very much. God is here for you. In fact, you're first in line. He spent time with them. He went to their homes and broke bread with them at their tables. He taught them. He spent time with their children, bounced them on his knee and blessed them. He encouraged them. And then he proved that his words had substance. He wasn't just talking. He touched them. He embraced them, exposing himself to their diseases. And he laid his hands on them, healing them, giving the blind sight, the deaf hearing, those overcome by forces too big for them to cope, freedom, and all of them hope. He touched them, and all heaven broke loose. This time, God's time and power and authority was made now. Those who needed to get their arms around Jesus, get their arms around God, had come to know in Jesus that God's arms were rather around them. That was Jesus. That's what Jesus showed the disciples of John. That's what they went back to report. We saw him and we saw God. They had an epiphany. Kind of makes you wish you'd lived back then in a way, don't you think? But I think he's still been showing up. These days when it's been repeated over and over, 2020 was a horrible year. Good riddance. Happy 2021. It's been easy to dwell on death and confinement, polarization 
and prejudice. And yet in the face of all the negative, there's also been a steady stream of heroic tales. An NFL champion sits out a season to use his medical degree in a fight against COVID and his sacrifice for the higher good. Might that have been Jesus showing up? Teary-eyed nurses and doctors recount their care for patients isolated from families. It's been those on the front line that have held hands, read scripture, and given encouragement for our loved ones when we could not. Weren't they revealing the presence of Christ? Or didn't Jesus make an appearance when any one of them took to singing or playing an uplifting tune for the rest? Suburban parents brought their children to the demonstrations when people across the races called for a new consciousness and new policies that put an end to the plague of racism. They wanted their whole families to be a part of a new way of living together. Wasn't the crucified one in the midst of the throng? You. You have exercised 10 months of patience while the beloved church family stayed home for a long while, giving up the holy place of Court Street Sanctuary and the mingling of friends in the parlor, chomping cookies over conversation, all for the sake of taking care of one another, like Jesus cared for the whole person and protected the most vulnerable. Online worship in our homes, connected with each other through cyberspace. This became our connection. And I believe when it did, Jesus showed up. God made manifest in Jesus. God made manifest in the body of Christ. When you picked up a Bible or when one of the members read from it during worship services, did you notice it wasn't the same as just reading from a random storied book of favorite tales. Did you notice that in the hearing of the word, there was a certain presence of the Holy One? Did you notice Jesus showed up? Epiphany. After the first blizzard of 81 was over, and the stranded refugees went home, we started getting thank you notes and letters. One of them, which was really so much like the rest, said something like this. I wanna thank you for what your congregation did during that weekend storm. My car had spun out and we were half buried in the ditch when we were rescued by one of your members. They brought us to the church where we were given warm blankets and food and a community of new friends and access to the phone. We slept well that night, given what we had gone through. I have no doubt you really saved our lives. I doubt that my church would have done the same thing, but now I think they would because I've told them the story. I've told them about you. And I think now they do the same thing. Go and tell the story of what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, 
the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Yes, Jesus is the real deal. Epiphany. In Christ, all heaven breaking loose. May you see the very presence of God today.